0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real-Time Enterprise channel on Vantic TV, our video and podcast series of interviews with thought leaders and practitioners in digital transformation and the real-time enterprise. My name is Blaine Matthew, and I'm Chief Marketing and Product Officer at Vantic. For those not familiar with Vantic, it's a platform for quickly creating applications to operate your business in real time. Since these episodes are pre-recorded, we won't be taking live Q&A but you can reach either myself or the guest by sending a note to vantic.com, and we will be more than happy to follow up. Joining me today is tech industry analyst and host of CXO Talk, Michael Krigsman. Michael is recognized internationally as a strategy advisor and industry commentator and also as a columnist for ZDNet. Thanks for taking the time, Michael. We're gonna have some fun today. Hey Blaine, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to speak with you. Well, great. It's it's my honor. So, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and CXO Talk?
1: CXO Talk is a video series where we speak with the most innovative senior executives in the world. Much of the conversation centers on digital transformation and the response that these folks have in their companies, how they're managing their business, the response they have to various forms of disruption in their environment, whether it's coming from technology, changing consumer expectations changing expectations among their employees. So it's all about the management and leadership of their organizations in response
0: to this changing world. Hmm. And do these tend to be IT leaders or business leaders or a mix of both that you're interviewing? It's really a mix of both.
1: Uh, We've had quite a number of CIOs, but then we've had CMOs, chief operating officers. It's really a broad range because I'm trying to look at disruption and leadership and management from multiple perspectives. Right. A, lot, a lot of times technology though is at the root of uh, driving change, but the, but the people I'm speaking with cover a, a broad range inside uh, companies.
0: Right on, right on. So at a, at a high level or even at a detailed level, what particularly excites you these days about what's going on at the intersection of business and technology? Are there any particular trends or, uh, you know, what, what's going on that makes you go, wow, this is amazing?
1: Well, of course, there's many technologies out there, but the thing that really grabs my attention is how companies are responding. You know, technology has in the past, I technology IT was the province of, you know, the folks in the in the white coats who were yeah. guarding the server rooms. <laughs> Today we're all technologists and consumers have lots of experience with excellent user experience with excellent user interfaces. Right. Right. And so the demands that consumers have in their personal life has translated onto what they expect, both from enterprise suppliers, enterprise vendors. And if you're an employee, it's translated into what you want from your employer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the transitions or the transformations that this causes can be very deep and very profound and affect things like obviously technology that's, that's used and adopted and managed can affect uh, corporate culture, can affect your talent pool, can affect your core business model. Mm -hmm. And so the changes are very significant. And so that's the thing that really grabs my attention today is how companies are dealing with this.
0: Yeah. And so I imagine those changes you're talking about is probably related to your definition of what digital transformation is all about. It's fundamental to digital transformation. This is a topic you 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 talk a lot about, you write about, your interviews dive into this very deeply, and you speak, as you said at the beginning, many heavy hitters, both on the enterprise side and, and also vendors that are trying to help companies drive digital transformation. So... What, what the heck does digital transformation really mean to you? What, what does it mean, really? Because it's an overused term, everybody, ta- everybody uses it, every website, every, anything technology is digital transformation. What does it actually mean to you?
1: You know, Blaine, I'm still trying to figure that one out, <laughs> and I ask my guests on CXO Talk <laughs> the same thing. What does this actually mean? And I think if you, if you summarize it, let's just take the two, two words. So we have digital and we have transformation. And digital is, in a way it's, it's clear, right? You have uh, technology changes mm-hmm. that have enabled uh, capabilities and changed expectations. And then you have the transformation itself, which means how do we adapt to the changes, to the ex- changing expectations that, that the world has of us, that our, that our customers have. Right. How do we adapt to changing uh, sets of competitors? Mm -hmm. And so digital transformation is really, to me, it's anything that an organization undertakes to respond to this changing environment or changing landscape. It's yeah. a pretty high level definition, but it's, but it's flexible as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. Now, since you're asking uh, uh, your guests about this topic a lot, do you find that your guests in, in, in their organizations are actually literally using the term digital transformation? Is it something they're talking about or is this just something they're doing, but they're not actually referring to it by that term? Because I wonder how effective literally the use of the term is or how widespread it is in, in the, the environment we're in.
1: Blaine, it's an excellent question. And I, I wonder about that myself. I think it's, it's not, I, I don't think practitioners use it all that much in their daily activities. They use it, digital transformation is one of these terms that is kind of an aggregating term mm-hmm. that when you, when you kind of look back and you look over the landscape and you say, at a, in a broad brushstroke, what are we doing? Well, we can categorize it as digital transformation, but the work itself, the work of figuring out how are we going to place the customer in the center of what we do? What does that mean for our processes? What does that mean for the relationship that our people have with technology? That's not about quote unquote digital transformation That's about executing some plan according to some set of goals that we have.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that resonates with me a lot. And, you know, through with my, uh, when I put my marketing hat on instead of my interviewer hat on, I work with an outsourced uh, field service firm that makes calls into larger enterprises uh, about this topic. And I was quite surprised to discover that about a third of the time, the, the person who receives the call says something like, we're not doing digital transformation. We're not doing it. Right. And does that mean you're not doing any digitization initiatives, anything to, uh, you know, improve your growth, alter your business models, respond to the disruptors that are in your space. You're really doing none of that. Oh yeah, we're, we're doing that. We're just not doing digital transformation. And it's also, it's almost scared me off using the term, at least in that kind of context, because I think that to some degree there's, I've, I've literally seen a bit of a, a negative reaction to it. So it's, it's interesting.
1: Well, you know, it makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, digital transformation is this very broad umbrella. And yet if you speak with somebody inside a company who's responsible for some piece of it, that person is, you know, it's, it's sort of down on the ground, yeah. getting the work done. And it's maybe the chief digital officer at that level who's got the, the very high level overview yeah. that might talk about a broad company-wide digital transformation. But most people in the company are not looking across the whole organization, they're looking at their job and they have to do their thing, whether it's looking at competitors, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, companies have been at uh, at technology for decades now. Obviously, in, in digitization in general, bringing processes and systems, you know, online, uh, you know, literally and figuratively. Where do you think uh, you know enterprises are in general in the life cycle toward digital transformation? How how mature are we in terms of this transition, or is that even a way to think about it?
1: i think it's a, it's it's a reasonable way to think about it and i think it's it's genuinely a mixed bag it depends on the company i'm speaking with really innovative companies on cxo talk mm-hmm. the goal is to showcase companies who are really doing it embracing it doing it and so so those organizations and i can i can give you some examples but those organizations are on the cutting edge i mean they they really are investing. They recognize that their future is at stake and they have to change. Yeah. But then there are many, and I would say probably most organizations that are not that far along, that know they have to do something. They, I mean, in the most basic level, maybe they need an online store, which is not necessarily digital transformation, but at least it's kind of a, a poke in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're taking steps but anytime you are looking anytime you're you're kind of forced either by choice or because you see what's going on in the world or because you have competitors forcing you to look at your business model and rethink the core of how you what you sell and how you make money and how you relate to your customers that's not easy yeah and, right yeah. and and we as people don't like to change very easily and so therefore, there's a, there's a constant inertia against driving this type of change.
0: Hmm, interesting. So much there in what you just said. I want to react to a comment you made uh, just uh, at the beginning of that, which is you know, building an online store might not be digital transformation. And yet, depending on what your business model is, what industry you're in, who you're competing with, that might be radical digital transformation, actually. And I think sometimes we get caught in in this notion, I know you're not, but when people generally think of digital transformation, they think of artificial intelligence and augmented reality and, and a bunch of these sort of leading edge or bleeding edge technologies. And yeah, those can be part of digital transformation initiatives. But in your industry, putting an online store up might be actual digital transformation, enabling a new business model, enabling you to do things in a way that just hasn't been done before. It's a very, very interesting comment.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I think that the term you used earlier, the maturity, is mm-hmm. inaccurate one because you do have because every organization needs to look at where they are. For example, uh, think of where, think of retail organizations. Retail has been forced to change. Yep. And why? Well, because of Amazon. Amazon, right, this little seller initially of books, now is the most powerful force in retail and online. And so if you're a retailer, that is something that you have to deal with. You have no choice.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: On the other hand, uh, smaller companies who are, uh, who are less affected by online, for them they may not need to change as rapidly because their business is not affected in the same way, not disrupted to the same degree. So you have to look at the company in the context of its industry, in the context of its competitors, in the context of its market and what the people in the market, the customers expect and want.
0: Yeah, that's right. And then Amazon's a great example with their recent uh, not quite announcement, I guess, that they're moving into the home insurance business, which caused the insurance company stock uh, to all go down about 10% on average. They, they've they built, you know, we think of them as an, e- an e-commerce store, but they're really a fundamental platform that owns consumers and from which they can build many different types of, of services. So truly, truly forcing digital transformation. And I think, you know, industry after industry, groceries, insurance, and who knows what's next. So do you think that's actually brings up a good question then. Do you see in your experience, companies are being more proactive these days around their digital transformation, or are they being forced to be there by the disruptors like Amazon and others?
1: I think a lot of companies are waking up to the reality that if they don't change, they will lose market share. There are competitors that will arise. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that that's happening more and more as time, go, you know, digital transformation is interesting for another reason as well uh, in relation to this. So about three years ago, the hype was all around the term digital transformation. That's all we heard three or four years ago. Now you don't hear that term anymore too, mu- too much, not nearly as much. You hear about AI and digital transformation seems sort of old and boring and not very sexy. But the reality is that if you look at where companies are spending enormous amounts of money and enormous amounts of time, it is in changing their operations because they recognize they have ultimately no choice. And it would be irresponsible to to ignore the need to, to change, to adapt. And so digital transformation has become a very large industry so to speak, even though it's not as sexy as it once was. Right. So I think the recognition is there that we have to adapt, and if we don't, we we will see an exodus of our comp- customers going to c- other companies to competitors that have made the change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting, and I, you know, I like to uh, think of one of the key elements of digital transformation. Uh, as being related to the notion of becoming a real-time business. You talked about the consumerization of IT and people expecting great experiences. And, you know, I look at why and how Uber has disrupted the taxi industry by turning... The tax industry into a true real time business where they know the location and state of every participant in that ecosystem and can create the optimal outcome because of that what 's your reaction to the notion of real this notion of becoming a real time business or real time enterprise and its relationship to digital transformation does that ring, does that ring for you
1: it does in many in many circumstances. Um, so I think the issue is ultimately one of data. Mm-hmm. So, so, so something is happening out there, and again, it depends on the type of business, right? So something is happening in your business environment. So, for example, if you are a retailer, something is going on, uh, you know, in in relation to e-commerce. Yep. And you need to be able to respond to that if you're in airline or even some sophisticated retailers are engaged in dynamic pricing, which mm-hmm. means they're looking or their systems, I should say, are looking across what's being purchased, what's the price, who's buying, and can we adjust the price in a re- on a real-time basis? So that's, that's a fairly obvious example of real-time Another interesting example is let's take oh, Otis Elevator Company. Right, we all know Otis Elevators. Mm-hmm. Yep. And by the way, if you're nice to me, I'll tell you the story of the real story of the close button on elevator.
0: <laughs> okay, let's let's hold that. I definitely <laughs> want to hear that Okay, We keep going.
1: So so just this past Friday, I had on CXO Talk the Chief Information Officer, a guy named Marcus Galafassi, who's the the CIO of Otis Elevator. Now, they are a $12 billion company, right? Who would have thought? But I guess it yep. makes sense because their brand is everywhere. So, so the, and they're uh, something like 150 years old. I don't remember the exact date. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine that a 150-year-old $12 billion company has had to go through, through a variety, through many changes since the time of its founding and he was describing to me what digital transformation means for them. Now, it turns out that the elevator business has two parts. One is installing elevators, but the really big part is service hmm. because elevators can't right. go down. Right. right. And so what they have been doing is investing very heavily in IoT, Internet of Things, to enable their elevators so that at any moment, a customer can see the real-time status of what's going on with that heavy capital equipment. And not only that, the elevators themselves can proactively call for maintenance if there's an issue, right? Because there's service contracts, and I I forget the number, but I think they employ something like 30,000 elevator field service Mm -hmm. technicians. It's a very large number. So in a case like that, the real-time dimension is crucial to what they do and to the, the service that they're offering. Absolutely. There, are going to be, there are going to be other kinds of businesses that uh, don't rely on that, but certainly in this type of situation, it's, it's central. Real-time is central to what they do.
0: Yeah. Great, great example. And, uh, yes, we've got one of those internet internet connected elevators in, in the building that I live in. And, uh, the experience is is usually very good, but now we've added on the fact that sometimes the, the internet connection goes down and then the elevator has to be taken offline. It brings a whole another element of yes, if you're going to be running a real time, internet connected, real world operation, you better be using you know, edge computing or some of the other technologies that are coming online to really make sure you've got high availability and, and reliability and everything else. That's a great example. Another another example that just came to mind when you were talking about that is uh, back to the insurance. Maybe because I was thinking of elevators going up and down, maybe going down too fast. And uh, you know, I'm sure Amazon's plan is all about turning the insurance business into a real time business and being able not setting rates annually based on whether X had a fire or not, but setting setting rates in near real time in any case, based on what's actually happening. You know, what do you own? Did you buy a fire extinguisher on Amazon last week or not? You did, great, your insurance rate goes down a 10th of a percentage point. There's all kinds of ways they can turn the insurance business into a real time business. And I think it's just an example of how even companies that you might not think or think were far away from real time can become real time and that can be central to their, to their digital transformation. Do you have another, you mentioned examples earlier. Do you have another example of a favorite digital transformation story or an example or use case that sticks in your mind?
1: Sure, uh, the, let's see, there is a, a company called Unica Insurance Okay, and they're a large insu- They're a very large insurer in Switzerland. Mm. And I was, and I had on my show uh, Dr. Alexander Bockelman, who was their CIO and now is their chief digital officer, mm. and is a member of their board of directors. And so he's running a relatively small group inside Unica, looking at their business model. You know, the business model of insurance has not changed in a long, long time. And they're, they're looking at, okay, what kinds of products are they selling? What kinds of information can we gather about our customers such as you were describing? Right. And, and again, it's, it's a proactive thinking about the underlying business model. How are we making money? What do consumers expect from us? How can we manage risk? How are we pricing? All of these things come into it. So it's another example. And in that case, like I said, he's a member of their board of directors. So that's that mm-hmm. demonstrates the the level of senior, senior commitment, uh, yeah. senior executive commitment that they have.
0: Yeah, well, and that's actually a really good example as a lead into my next question. So this person, I think you said was a CIO, then became a CDO. Uh, in your experience, and maybe it's trending in, in different ways over the last few years, but who is who owns digital transformation in most enterprises? Is it somebody who comes from the IT side or is it somebody who comes from the business side? Uh, you know, it's the old IT versus OT debate that that goes on. What's your what's your take on where we sit these days? IT or OT and digital transformation?
1: Well, I've seen both. And it's another interesting question. Uh, If the, if digital goes under the, see I'm grimacing because (laughs) it's, it there's, it's like a no win situation in a way. If, if digital goes under the CIO, then does, then does that imply that digital is primarily a technology initiative, which, which, it should not be at the same time, the CIO really is the person with the broadest view end to end across the company because she mm. or he sits at the intersection of every, every process yep. that goes on. On the other hand, you can make the argument and a lot of companies do probably more companies do That say the chief digital officer should report directly to the CEO because digital is not a departmental function. It is a core business model shift of the company as a whole.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I fundamentally agree. I think real digital transformation is involves, as you said at the beginning, involves digital technologies, but it's, it's as much if not more about a business model shift or or doing something differently in the business enabled by technology. And I think uh, you're right, there is a breed of, of CIOs becoming CDOs and others these days who, ha- who literally do have that mandate from the CEO or from the board. I will, so that, I will say though when I attend events and, and speak on this topic as you do, I hear a lot of pushback from the business side saying IT still just doesn't get it. They're involved in a two-year project to upgrade SAP and they're the last ones I would talk to to digitally transform my, my company you know, and there's just a lot of resistance and pushback from the operations side of the business, I still feel. So it'll be interesting to see how this continues to play itself out over time. Can IT make itself the strategic leader in in the organization that I think it could be?
1: Yeah, I I think it really, it gets back to the maturity issue that you raised earlier in this conversation, Mm -hmm. Blaine, because if you have it, look, if you have an, a, a CIO and an IT department that's just focused on their latest enterprise software upgrade, um, then clearly that person—it's not the appropriate place to sort of yeah. store your or or oversee your overall business company business model. Chain. Right, right. On the other hand, there are some great CIOs out there who really do get it. Then again, you know like i said earlier i'm talking to the ones who are the most innovative who really are the leaders and the and the folks that i'm interviewing many of them do do run this and yeah. and if they don't have it under, have digital transformation under them they're very deep partners mm-hmm. involved with it so it, so again right. it's a, it's a, every you can't i don't think you can make a generalization about yep. it
0: Yeah. So you've got a selection bias. So your guests are the ones that are the ones on the more the leading edge. They're doing it right or they're, they're trying to figure out how to do it. And then you've got the mainstream, you know, probably the mainstream market further behind uh, wondering how they're going to do it. How are they not going to get steamrolled if they're in the elevator business by Otis transforming themselves or by, you know, Unica transforming themselves or Amazon or whoever it is. Right. Those are the ones that I think really need to figure to ask this question and find some answers sooner rather than later.
1: Yes. And then I get, get people on my show who are trying to do this and really get it and are great. And they may not have the organizational support that they need. Mm. This, is, this is the exception, but every now and then it happens. And yeah. so for example, there was a person on my show, I won't tell you the name of the company, but, but they were, work, <laughs> they worked in retail and uh, 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 they work for a retail brand that you would know.
0: Okay, That that we all
1: know. And they were struggling, struggling. This person was struggling because management viewed transformation as online sales. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if the metric for transformation is how is our online store doing, then that cuts out any other type of innovation that's not directly and functionally related to beefing up the store. That's Mm. not a business model change. That's not, that's, that's not innovation necessarily. That's, you know, going after a particular going after a particular channel. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to have alignment across the organization or it, or it simply doesn't work. If there are weak links, it's going to break down
0: someplace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me shift gears on you a little bit. I know you know a few years ago, every tech company, every startup in particular, had to be an AI company. Uh, you know, I, I saw so many companies who were just putting AI or machine learning on their website, even if they didn't really really have much there but are you seeing or sensing any shift in the impact to the real world impact of AI on digital transformation initiatives, or is it too early yet?
1: I think it's early yet. However, there are many, many companies that are involved with proofs of concept hmm. around AI. So for example, uh, with customer service, using uh, cognitive right. agents, I, I'm, I'm not even going to use the term chat, call them chatbots because that's, sort of more primitive than than real yep. AI-backed cognitive agents, but, but there, are, there are large, very large organizations who are using, who have, like I say, proofs of concept going on to try this out. Sometimes what they do is they'll use it first on, say, internal help desks, and then they'll try it out externally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. AI will happen. It is happening, but it's very early days still
0: as well. Yeah. Yeah. One, one theory I have is, you know, there's a lot of talk obviously about uh, the singularity and in, in tech circles and Elon, Elon Musk saying the machines will take over. But I think the real promise in a foreseeable future is enabling better human machine collaboration, right? Actually having machine systems could be physical robots, but more, but even just software systems and machines being able to work more effectively with people to make them, you know, to utilize the, the wisdom and strength and, and intelligence of people along with the machines and systems. Are you, uh, what's your opinion on the question of the future of AI and impact on humanity, the workforce, et cetera?
1: Well, I definitely think it's in the words of, so one of my guests was uh, Paul Doherty, who's the chief innovation and technology officer at Accenture, it's a mm-hmm. huge company. And he just wrote a book called Human Plus Machine. That's the title of the book. And the thesis of the book is precisely as you just described, it's that the AI future is not going to be about, at least the foreseeable future, is not going to be about robots replacing people so that we can all spend our days uh, on the beach being overlords of this, yes. this vast sort of cyber army of servants, cyber servants. Right. right. Um, you know, maybe in the future, but for now that's, that's kind of science fiction. On the other hand, in a, on a help desk, just, just as an example, why not, if you have an agent, a cognitive agent that is smart enough that can interact appropriately with people that are calling in or, or typing on a, on a site that frees up the agent to handle the more complex issues. If the rote issues, can be handled by machines, it frees up people to do the more interesting stuff, more higher value, more difficult. And the other thing is judgment. You know, now judgment's an interesting question because the the greater the degree of judgment, the more you start to uh, approximate human intelligence, right? Because human intelligence in a sense is a function of of judgment. Yeah. And at some point, and was it, who was it that said, that uh machines that are sufficiently advanced seem magical
0: it was isaac asimov i i think was it was it not i think it was yeah yes yeah so
1: right so so in the in the in the nearer term in the in our practical present reality it's going to be a combination of AI supporting human
0: activities for yeah sure. i couldn't couldn 't agree more couldn 't agree more or couldn't couldn't, dis, couldn't agree more that's right uh, yeah so well maybe to to take us to the end here i'd like maybe uh, you to reflect on any sort of key takeaways or tips for a business leader who's trying to drive Uh, transformation, real-time transformation into their business? What are some, you know, after all the interviews you've done with thought leaders and gurus in the space, what are some key takeaways or or tips you'd have?
1: I think in one level, it's pretty simple. And that is just listen. Listen to your customers.
0: Hmm.
1: Listen to what they have to say. Watch what they're doing. Watch their buying habits. Listen to the things that they care about. Uh, Listen to your employees, listen to what they want. What does it take to make your employees actually happy so that they want to go the extra mile? What does it take to make your customers actually happy so that they will make a referral to their friends or their colleagues online and say, oh yeah, you should shop here because these guys are great. How do you break down silos inside your organization so that you can deliver back to the customer the information that they care about? So if the customer is calling about an order, it can just be all done simply and easily from the customer point of view. And to do this and to make this kind of change, what kind of innovation is needed and what's the mindset? Do you have people inside your company who are willing to experiment, who are willing to try new things. Are they willing to do that? Or do you push them down if they make the smallest mistake? Are they ground down into the ground so that they feel that they can never do that again, which will stifle innovation? And so all of this reveals many, many layers of the onion, but it begins with actually really, really, really caring about these constituency groups.
0: Hmm. Great, uh, great advice, and and I think often we don't think of of that kind of advice as being in the context of digital transformation. And yet, I agree it's fundamental to the concept of digital transformation. So, thank you for that. That's uh, that's very well said. So, before I let you go, I do need to hear the real story of the you know the the button on the elevator. So, go, go ahead. What? All right. Hey, so, of course.
1: So, of course, when I was speaking with the CIO of Otis Elevator Corporation, that's the first thing that I asked, right? Before we started talking, like, is the button, okay, does it really close? And here's what he said. He said that when an elevator door shuts, you have a great deal of force, right? Mm -hmm. And when, and where does the most stress and strain have on an elevator? It's when People, the door closing, and you try to force the doors open. And so now you have one force going against the other force, and that's what causes the most problems on hmm. elevators. Okay. And so the button, he said to me something like, uh, "You know, unless the customer doesn't want, or if the customer requests, the button is uh,
0: a placebo, no,
1: not fully functional." I think uh, <laughs> was he wouldn't say that it was fake, but he said, uh, but you can draw your own conclusions.
0: Okay, there you go. So all you rapid button pressers who are listening to this, and I know that's probably most of you, you know, take, take heed. Well, uh, well, that wraps it. Thank you so much, Michael. It's uh, really fun having you join us today and a really insightful conversation.
1: Thank you so much, Blaine. It's a pleasure and honor to
0: be here. You bet. And those interested in hearing more of Michael's thoughts can follow him on Twitter at mkrigsman and at CxO Talk. And also check out cxotalk.com. Thanks again, Michael. Bye bye. Thank you.